hello. This is a Cote Road Journal. I'm out here in uh, Kansas City, actually at the big uh, soccer or I guess as they say football stadium. I think it's called the Sporting Team or something. It's it's. I, I love the, the the crisscross green mowing they do at these places. It's nice. It's raining a little bit about outside. We just did a uh, a little pivotal road show here. Actually, it wasn't that little. There was uh, I don't know forty fifty people. It was pretty nice. And someone had the bright idea to have a little executive summit afterwards, and it, and it brought up a topic uh, that comes up quite a lot when we talk about digital transformation and DevOps, and as I like to think about it, just doing better software. And that is, if you've got this idea of fail fast and uh, trying out things and having a learning culture, that kind of sounds like the opposite of what executives would like to do. So how do you win over management and executives who want to have hard numbers? Uh, Someone was speaking about the idea that their manager didn't like fuzzy numbers. He only responded to hard things. It was an interesting anecdote that he said the one exception to that was security. You know, security has no numbers around it except utter failure. I guess. So security, as long as you're secure, doesn't need numbers around it. But the question becomes, if you're in this mentality where every week you're releasing software and you're failing a lot, uh, or learning, as, as I would prefer to put it, how do you sell those benefits above there? How do you win people over? And, you know, I, I was reflecting and I talked with the room and I thought, you know, I've seen about three ways that people succeed at this, how they sell the idea of failing fast or to put it another way, becoming a learning organization. So in sort of order of snarkiness, I think the first one is, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I guess it's appropriate. I'm in a sporting, uh, stadium thing here. I don't know who came up with this quote, but I, I love it. It's sort of like uh, deodor- or success is the best deodorant. And that really is, uh, you know, the main thing you're getting towards is building up a, a series of successes uh, that start small and they get bigger. And then that allows you to go up the chain and win people over because obviously what you're doing is, it works. Now, you don't always have your own successes uh, to work with. We'll get to that uh, as as the second item. But one of the things that I've seen people be successful with in organizations is going and talking with other people, which is a lot easier in, in other companies. It's a lot easier than it used to be because we're now, I don't know, two, three or so years into mainstream adoption of all this DevOps, uh, agile, cloud-native stuff that we talk about. I mean, I, I would have thought it would be a lot longer, a lot uh, more, uh, a lot further back in history. But now that I've started talking with large organizations all the time, I realize how slow the adoption is. And, you know, there's plenty of charts you can get to show that, uh, the sort of rollout. There's a great one from 451 where uh, there's a sad donut that people's digital strategy, there's only about 25% of companies who have uh, have that in action. So, you can go find other people. They're kind of hard to find. Uh, they're not like, you know, just popping up everywhere like, like daisies. But you can find plenty of people who will tell you how they introduce that success in their organization. And it lends a lot more credence than someone at a vendor or even an analyst can that it is possible to walk through that and that there's success in other organizations. Now, your most successful tactic when it comes to the, uh, the uh, deodorant that is success is to start building up your own things uh, and your own successes internally. And this is where, you know, you, you kind of uh, come up with the matrix where you identify projects that are material, they're customer facing, they're real, they're not science projects, but they're easy and low risk. So, you know, you can think of in most large organizations, there's hundreds, if not thousands of applications. And you can think of examples of that where they're important and they're kind of neglected and they could do with some attention. And if you just had some small incremental improvement, uh, you could, you could build up success with that. There's a good talk from, um, Tony at uh, Home Depot where he talks about, uh, their tool, tool rental business, their pro tool rental business. 
uh, it needed some attention to improve. And so, you know, you think about it, it's a customer facing application, but it was relatively low risk. They would get big gains with the investment that they would put in. And as he kind of jokes, they, they did, they weren't doing a great job at finding people for, uh, late returns, you know, collecting the money from delinquency. And they were able to have success with, with applying, uh, you know, new ways of doing software and, uh, increase revenue there, right? So think of the series of things, whether it's in Home Depot or all the other large organizations doing this, and they build up that chain. And eventually they do projects that are larger and more success. And then that helps you sell up the chain. So finally, and uh, I see this, uh, you know, you have to kind of uh, do this kind of summering in your head. Not a lot of people uh, admit to this on the face of it. But I see a lot of large organizations, the way they sell to the management chain is they take advantage of crisis. And they bring in a maverick, uh, someone who uh, is an executive who's bought in and is an outsider and doesn't need to be convinced. And they essentially ask that maverick to start leading that change. It's sort of a trick around the question of how do you convince the executives. And the tactic here is uh, you sort of get rid of the executives who don't want to do things the new way. And obviously, this means going to the executives' executives, uh, so to speak, or having them do it. But we see I've seen this across lots of large organizations. It, it shouldn't have to be this many. But I guess that's the uh, I think it's Larman's law that says an organization will fight against change tooth and nail. And so that's the other thing is, is you find these people who have gone through this change and you bring them on board. And this is something, again, like at the you have to do this at the board level or the C level uh, if you're kind of looking downward. And you, ha- you give them a certain amount of time, like six or 12 months or so. And, and their job is to push this change through from a tops down way. So. You know, I think as I was joking, there's also the method of, uh, these executives whose minds you need to change are sort of open-minded and, and, uh, are into trying out new things. But, you know, most people are not who've, who've risen through the ranks are not in a position where they want to take on a lot of risk with newfangled things. So they need proof of whether it's other people's successes, your own successes, or they need that, that, uh, external motivation that really just, uh, they bring them in and they don't really, it doesn't need to be proven that they should do things in the new way. So if, if you uh, have enjoyed this little Cote Show diary, uh, uh, there'll always be some more. You can go to Cote.show and you can subscribe to the podcast uh, and, and get these along with other conversations that I have with people at organizations who are looking to change. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just Cote, C-O-T-E. And with that, we'll see you next time.